Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. Amen. Turn me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Mother's Day is an interesting holiday to me. Um, Mother's Day was always a big deal, you know, growing up. And, and even now, Mother's Day is a big deal. Mother's Day is celebrated. I mean, uh, if you went, if you happen to go, you know, to Walmart or HEB this morning on the way to church looking for a Mother's Day card, if you happen to do that, um, you would have found that they're all gone. <laughs> like, they are all gone. Y'all pray for Pastor Priscilla, because a couple of her cards are going to be like, she's going to open it and be like, what? <laughs> this is like nothing. Yeah, you got to pick from what the, was available. Um, and, and I may or may not have encountered four or five other guys, like, all looking at cards like, man, we should have came yesterday. Um, it was, but Mother's Day is celebrated. Uh, usually church is full, and then after church, restaurants are packed. There are actually good gifts given on Mother's Day. Fellas, help me out. <laughs> like, mothers don't get a tie and socks every year. You know, they get good gifts and we celebrate them and we do whatever they want to do. My, all my uh, siblings and their families, I have four siblings, they're all going to my mom's this morning for breakfast and, and they're driving some of them like an hour and a half to get there. But because we celebrate moms because moms are so often the family, you know, unfortunately, uh, I, I don't, I don't believe in all the, the hype around this, but there are uh, more fathers that don't stay in the family dynamic than mothers for, for various reasons, but mothers stay, mothers sacrifice, mothers comfort, mothers teach, mothers encourage. Sometimes, you know, mothers have to be uh, disciplinarians. Maybe, depending on your household or your personality, maybe oftentimes they have to be examples. Mothers have so much and Moms are always on. And this is something I've had to learn because my wife would say stuff like this and I thought it was just her and now I'm realizing it's not just her. Like, but moms are always on. They are always mom. You know, it reminds me of a meme I saw recently. It's like, what are the questions that you ask mom? You ask mom, what are we gonna eat today? What, what, where, you know, did you wash my clothes? Um, I don't wanna get too stereotypical. I'm just trying to think of like the memes here, right? Like, when, when are you gonna pick me up? Uh, can I do this? Can I go outside? Mom, I hurt myself. Where's the band? You know, all of these questions we ask mom. You know what we ask dad? Where's mom? <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting in our living room with all three of my kids and my wife is in the bedroom and the kids will walk past me and knock on the door and I have to try to get, hey, hey, I'm right here. What do you need? Oh, no, no, I got to ask mom. Well, what is it? Yeah, I got to ask mom. Well, tell me what it is. I just need to know if I can get some cereal. <laughs> like, I am right here. I can get you cereal. But, but, but moms are always on from day one. It's more difficult for them to rest than many times it is for us husbands and fathers. So Mother's Day, I've heard many moms say what they want for Mother's Day is to get away or be alone. <laughs> Not all moms. I get that. I understand that. 
But I, I, I've learned to understand this, uh, this idea that a gift for Mother's Day might be some alone time, might be some separation time. Because moms love those in their household, their husbands, their, their kids, but, but also they are always on and they don't often get that rest or that ability to disconnect from the responsibilities of being a mom. And it's not just that moms don't get to rest. Part of the, the big issue is, it is that perfection is the expectation that they feel. Man, I've heard this from my wife and so many other women over and over and over that this may not say it this way, but they, the expectation that they feel that they have to live up to is perfection, right? Like one, one of the things that, that, that blew me away several years ago, I was reading something that was saying, you know, if you invite somebody over to your house and you husband and wife and the house is not spotless, it's not super clean, the husband probably doesn't care and doesn't think twice about what the guests will think. And, but the wife absolutely cares because the guest, no matter male or female, young or old, if the house is not clean, the guests associate that with the wife more than the husband. And I was like, oh, because I don't care. I'll say something like, oh, you know, don't, we got three kids. You know, I'll just say something to let you know, hey, we didn't really clean up for you. Some of y'all have been to our house and, and I'll, I'll say that. But I don't feel anything else after that. And I wonder how much of that pressure my wife feels when our house isn't perfect. It's this expectation of perfection that so many just women feel. And honestly, that, that many of us men feel it in different ways as well. The pressure to pursue perfection builds and builds because perfection is not reached. Our house isn't always spotless. We don't always show up looking our best or acting our best, or we don't always say the right things or make the right decisions. And this can lead to all kinds of negativity in our lives because this expectation of perfection is constant. It's relentless. But you were never designed to carry the weight and the power of perfection. I'm gonna show that to you. You may be like, whoa, I don't know about that. And you're in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 is the faith hall of fame. This is where we get an outline, a list of like this, this hall of fame, if you will, of, of, of Old Testament people that God says like, hey, look at them as an example. And the first female in this faith hall of fame is found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. It says this, by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive. Even when she was past the age and she considered him faithful, who had promised. Sarah is in the Faith Hall of Fame. She's the first female listed, and she's specifically in there for having the faith to become a mother. Man, this, this, this blew me away. It reminded me of 1 Peter chapter 3 and and listen, 1 Peter chapter 3, especially nowadays when you read through, um, when it talks about husbands and wives, just, just especially if you're new to the faith, please get some context and some teaching with that because some of this wording, especially nowadays, can be very offensive about, you know, not just a wife submitting to her husband, but like it goes beyond that with, you know, it, it, in 1 Peter 3, it actually says that, that Sarah uh, so honored and respected and submitted to her husband that Abraham, that she called him Lord. And that's like an example to the younger women. 
Again, we don't have time for that right now. If that offends you, like don't, don't, don't get offended. You just need some context and some teaching around that. That is in no way an indication that God wants the woman to be so submissive that the man lords over her. That's actually not at all biblical. Um, this is, a, this is a, a joint thing that just has different positions and responsibilities. So as this, I, I was thinking like, okay, Sarah is, is like, she's in the Faith Hall of Fame. She, she's got this, this snippet in 1 Peter 3 about being a, a wife and a, and a mother. And like, man, and, and it reminded me of Proverbs chapter 31. And, and I have several, several verses here. So I'm gonna read them out of the message translation because the Bible then gives us like this, this, uh, this example of perfection, specifically uh, a female perfection. In Proverbs chapter 31, you've probably heard the Proverbs 31 woman if you've been in church, but if you've never taken the time to read, again, this is a lot of verses, but let me just read it to you in the message translation. And I want you to follow this outline, this expectation of perfection and how this could create pressure for especially women, but this also applies to men, this pressure of expectation for perfection. It says this in verse 10, a good woman is hard to find and worth far more than diamonds. Her husband trusts her without reserve and never has reason to regret it. Never spiteful. She treats him generously all her life long. Now, hold on. As we talk about this, we're like, all right, I'm not yet a wife. I'm not yet a mother. Here, this says that this Proverbs 31 woman, she treats her husband generously all her life. She's not married all her life. She doesn't get married until some point a little bit later in life. Now, depending on culture and it might, it might be <laughs> whatever age, but there's a younger woman who's not yet married, and yet we're told this Proverbs 31 woman still treats him generously all her life long. So single ladies, are you praying for your future husband? Not, not just praying that God sends you, you know, tall, dark, and handsome, but are you praying for him to grow closer to you, to, to be secure in who God's made him to be? Are, are you praying for him to, 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 to whatever those things are that you desire in him? Also, by treating him generously, are you becoming the woman that he would want to marry? Now, 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 this is where it gets into like, man, this woman right here, she is bad. That's probably like, it's not really bad. You know, it's good, but it that was kind of, that's old, so some of you are like, wait, do we still say that? I don't know if we still say that, but she is awesome. Listen to this. She shops around for the best yarns and cottons and enjoys knitting and sewing. She's like a trading ship that sails to faraway places and brings back exotic surprises. She's up before dawn, preparing breakfast for her family and organizing her day. Now, we just lost some of y'all right there. And you just lost some of y'all right there. Man, that, every time I read that, it reminds me of uh, our founder, Bishop Butler. His parents, um, they were in our church in Atlanta and we got to know them really well and, and we were there for like nine years. And, and his mom, I don't know how old they are, they're, they're gotta be in their 80s. She still wakes up before her husband, so early before him, that she gets, you know, she takes a shower, she gets dressed, she puts her makeup on, she gets all the way done and cooks breakfast before he wakes up. And you know, he's not sleeping till noon. 
When she told us that, I was like, Lord, please let my wife be. Li-. No, 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 no. I don't expect that from my wife. But this Proverbs 31 woman, she does that. She looks over a field and buys it. Then with money she's put aside, plants a garden. <laughs> First thing is, in no hurry to call it quits for the day. No. First thing in the morning, she dresses for work, rolls up her sleeves, eager to get started. She senses the worth of her work, is in no hurry to call it quits for the day. She wakes up early, early, prepares herself, prepares breakfast, goes out and works, and she's not in a hurry to quit. Mm. She's skilled in the crafts of home and hearth, diligent in homemaking. She's quick to assist anyone in need. Now, how she has time to do all this, I have no idea. Reaches out to help the poor. She doesn't worry about her family when it, when it snows. Their winter clothes are all mended and ready to wear, not just because they have enough money, but listen to this. She makes her own clothing and dresses in colorful linens and, sk- and silks. Now, let me say this, and, and, the, and the colorful um, linens and silks represents a level of prosperity and, 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 and royalty even and honor. Uh, her husband is greatly respected when he deliberates with the city fathers. She designs gowns and sells them, brings the sweaters she knits to the dress shops. Her clothes are well-made and elegant, and she always faces tomorrow with a smile. When she speaks, she has something worthwhile to say, and she always says it kindly. Y'all recognizing this level of perfection, this never and always? This isn't just sometimes. She keeps an eye on everyone in her household and keeps them all busy and productive. Her children respect and bless her. Her husband joins in with words of praise. Many women have done wonderful things, but you've outclassed them all. Charm can mislead and beauty soon fades. The woman to be admired and praised is the woman who lives in the fear of God. Give her everything she deserves. Festoon her life with praises. So it's like society and culture is telling all our women and our moms, and frankly our men too, You need to have perfection. Your house needs to be spotless. You need to look amazing every time you come out of the house, especially, but every time, you know, whatever, you know, all of that expectation of, 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 of natural things, of body, of weight, of all of these things. And then on top of that, you need to be well-educated and independent, but also some kind of way submissive and this weird dynamic of perfection. And, 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 and I believe you all understand what I'm talking about. I believe that you all feel that. But if, you, if you're not tracking with me, I would, I would venture to say it, there's a subconscious level that you feel this pressure for perfection. And then once you step out into any of these things of this Proverbs 31 woman, you begin to compare yourself with the level of perfection that you see around you. And it's exhausting. And it's like culture tries to lay all of this on you. And so it's like, all right, let's go to the word for refuge, for for strength, for comfort, for relaxation. And then you read Proverbs 31 and you hear like, you should be a Proverbs 31 woman. And you read through and it's like, that's just more perfection. How are we going to live up to that? How, like, just, just logistically, 
How, how do you wake up early, get yourself ready, breakfast, uh, go, to, go to work and work long hours, but then still, you know, take care of your home and make sure everybody in your home is busy and, you know, make your own clothes and they're really good clothes, so much so that no matter what nature throws at you, you're, you, you have no issues with, you know, being covered. And you also travel and you, you, you work out and are entrepreneurial in that way and you buy and you sell and you own and like, what? and then every time you speak, you have something worthwhile to say every time and you always are kind and you always look forward to tomorrow, like always, I'm not even female and I feel the pressure of that. And we go back to Sarah, who is this faith hall of fame woman, this one that is referenced multiple times as this example for us. Let's, if, you, if you're not really familiar with, with Sarah's story, go to Genesis chapter 18. If you are, then just amuse us and go to Genesis 18. And, and, um, and, and I believe every time we read the word, even if you already know the story, even if you've already read it many times, that God will speak to you. He'll, he'll bring you uh, understanding and revelation. In Genesis chapter 18, uh, you have these men that visit Abraham. <laughs> and um, I, I love this story because uh, these, these three men visit Abraham and, and he identifies them as, as being um, from the Lord. So, so there's, you know, this, this, this idea that maybe these are angels, they represent God. And so Abraham's like, hey, let us, let us bless you. Let us show you some hospitality. Like, come over, let us, let us, let us take care of you. And they finally agree. And then he runs to his wife. He's like, hey, you got to fix this. <laughs> you you got to work this out. And he's like, oh, I wrote down in my Bible, that's just like a guy. Like, hey, yeah, come on over, come on over. Hey, honey, I need you to clean up. I need you to order some food or cook something. Like, I need you to take care. I promised it, now I need you to take care of it. And so they come, and in verse 9 of Genesis chapter 18, it says, they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he said, she's in the tent. So she's not right here. And the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. This is the very reason and example that we are given for Sarah to be in the Faith Hall of Fame. This is it right here. She doesn't yet have a kid. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years, and the way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. Another way of saying that is Sarah just, she was past the age of having kids. She couldn't have kids. Verse 12, so Sarah laughed to herself, saying, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I did not laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, no. But you did laugh. Sarah wasn't perfect. Here, Sarah in the Faith Hall of Fame, also referenced in 1 Peter 3, lifted up as this example of a Proverbs 31 woman, example for young women to follow this, this pressure of perfection that we all feel is not, it, 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 it's real, but God doesn't expect that of us. And he doesn't expect that of you. He tells us, Sarah is this example. And in the very example that he gives us, she laughs at God. She doesn't have enough faith to believe what God said. And then she lies about it and says she didn't do it. 
You, you look at Eve. In Genesis 3, verse 20, we're told that Eve is the mother of all living. Eve surely wasn't perfect, right? Eve helped facilitate, at best, the fact that none of us are perfect. She brought sin into the world by allowing Satan to deceive her and, 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 and all that happened with Adam and all, like, yes, perfection is the goal. It is the standard. But Sarah wasn't perfect. Sarah's the one, if you remember, who suggested to Abraham that he sleep with Hagar to have a son. And then got jealous and kicked Hagar to the curb. Sarah, most of the time I've heard this as Abraham doing this, but when you go back and read it, it was Abraham and Sarah that came up with the idea to lie to the king Abimelech to say that Sarah was his sister, not his wife. This is the example we're given in the Faith Hall of Fame. An example of imperfection. An example of someone who didn't live up to the Proverbs 31 standard, but who God blessed tremendously, so much so that she is the one who birthed in physically the people that, that created, you know, the Abraham's children, who we all are. It is a standard of perfection, but it's too powerful for any of us to carry. Proverbs 31 is the picture of perfection, and it should be pursued, not picked up. If you've ever seen the Avengers, especially the Endgame, and I was like, man, is this appropriate for Mother's Day? But mothers have kids, and if you have kids, you've probably, especially younger kids, you've probably seen this movie. In this movie, they have these infinity stones, and they're all super powerful. So there's this guy named Thanos who, who gathers all of these, and and, and when he gathers all of these stones, they're so powerful that he's really the only one that can handle this. And this is like his hand where he's got these stones in here and each of them are representation of different powers. And see what we try to do, moms, wives, women, men, husbands, dads, is we try to take the power of perfection and we try to hold it like we have a Thanos hand but it's too powerful to be picked up and carried. And, and see, one of the Avengers, I'm not gonna give you a spoiler alert if you haven't seen it, one of the Avengers tries to handle all of these stones and it kills him because it's too powerful. So I think moms, women, guys, all of us, we've been seeing perfection wrong. We've been seeing it incorrectly. Yes, we should pursue perfection. Perfection should be like something we're chasing around and here I got it and I, and I found it and I grabbed it, but it's kind of eluding and I gotta chase it again and I might miss it this time and I might miss it that time. But it's something to pursue so even if I get it or even if I miss it, I keep pursuing it. As opposed to trying to pick it up because when you pursue it, you'll catch it sometimes and other times you'll miss the mark. But if you recognize it's a pursuit, then you know either way, whether you reach the mark or whether you're short of the mark, you keep going and you keep going because it's a pursuit. But if you try to pick it up, 
Perfection is too powerful. It will crush you. It will destroy you. It will, it will beat you down to the place where you are not able to see how much God loves you, how much he's with you, how pleased he is with you. Perfection is not something to pick up and carry. It's something to pursue. And to all the moms, all the women, all the guys, can I just tell you God is pleased with you? You're not perfect. None of us are. And we know that up here, but we need you to know it in here. Today, as we celebrate you, and some of you, it may be hard to be received that celebration and that love because you think, man, I've messed this up and I haven't done this and I haven't done a good job of this and, and I'm not good at that and, and I gotta get better here. Please know that God is looking at you like, just keep going. Don't stop because I'm with you. I love you. I'm proud of you. And know this, I can guarantee you there are people here who feel the same way. We may struggle to say it. We may struggle to show it. We may be too selfish <laughs> at times. Most of the time, maybe almost all the time. But receive our flowers today. Receive God's love today. Know that God loves you and we love you. And if you desire to be a mom, if you desire to be a wife, if, if that's something that you want in your future or you want something to be better, know this, just keep pursuing. Keep pursuing Jesus. Keep pursuing God. Yes, there is a standard that we may never be able to pick up and carry, but don't give up. Don't give up one foot in front of the other, one day after another. Keep seeking him and he promises that your heart, your desire will line up with his and then he will give you that desire of your heart. And some of you may be like, I'm so sick of hearing that. I've heard it over and over and over and I still don't have it. Listen, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I don't have all the answers for you as to why but I don't have the answer, you don't have the answer, well guess what, what are we gonna do about it? Let's put down this pressure of perfection that's too powerful for us to carry anyway. Let's put it down and let's pursue Jesus. Let's let him perfect us. Let's let him make us strong where we are weak. Let's lay our lives down in worship and honor to him. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.